RadioInfluence.com. He got him! The white trunks. He heard him. That's beautiful. Oh, God. That's beautiful. He's got it. And he forced the top. Wow. And it's all over. It's all over. First round knockout. He's out. Rich Franklin retains his belt. The one thing that I never thought in a million years would happen happened. The champion. The challenger. Here we go! This is the MMA Report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. UFC 289 is in the books with down last night there in Vancouver. And in this episode of the MMA Report podcast, I'm going to tell you about what I saw watching the UFC pay-per-view at a sports bar. Plus, I've got five fighter interviews for you. You're going to hear from a man who's going to be part of the PFL event. we got the two men that are going to be in the main event of Unified MMA 51 come up here later on this month. Also, you hear from a fighter who's coming off a victory. And also, you hear from a fighter who's got a fight coming up at Lights Out Championship 12. Appreciate you taking time out of your day. Download, listen to this episode of the podcast. Of course, try to get you uh, two episodes out a week, the midweek edition, which typically comes out on a Wednesday. And then try to get you the interview edition where I'm rocking solo and I have uh, fighter interviews. And today, we have to have five. Five fighter interviews. Patrick Brady, who's making his PFL debut this week. Of course, he's had two fights that ultimately did not come together in the PFL. And we all know what this season has been for the PFL. And uh, obviously a great opportunity here for Patrick Brady. And uh, you know with the point system, we know what he's got to go out there. And of course, uh, here from the two men, I'm going to be a part of the uh, Unified MMA 51 main event. Uh, Shelton and Tisha, of course, Eric Shelton, the UFC vet. Is he uh, The conversation I had with him, he's just saying, hey man, I'm going to take on anyone, anytime, anywhere and clearly he's got a goal to get back to the big show and if he can get this win over Tiche, that's going to put him there but of course Tiche knows he's 7-1 in his career he gets a win against a veteran Eric Shelton Maybe his next fight is in the UFC also uh, you know DeAndre I've had DeAndre on the show uh, in the past He's coming off a win, and uh, he, uh, he he says some interesting things in this interview uh, that, uh, you know, some things had not gone his way over to CFFC, and now uh, he's made some changes, and a uh, very eye-opening interview uh, with DeAndre. And then Abe, who's going to be a part of Lights Out Championship 12, coming up here. He's a, a 1-0 fighter, made his pro debut back at the end of April. Actually, his name came in the last time I did an interview with Matt Friend of the man, of course, who runs Lights Out, and uh, had a great conversation with Abe. So those conversations will come up here in a little bit. But do want to start this episode of the podcast talking about UFC 289. What I wanted to do was, because this was a fight card that was not a fight card that people were jazzed up about. And, you know, and everyone has their own reasons why they weren't jazzed up about it. But watching a UFC pay-per-view in a sports bar environment is always very interesting to me because it gives you an indication of what people think of the fights. And I will say this, the place that I was at, I would say maybe half the people in attendance were there clearly for the UFC, maybe a little bit less. But the thing that really stuck out to me, my biggest takeaway watching UFC 289 at a sports bar last night was it was very clear the fighter people wanted to see was Charles Oliveira. We all knew that was the the people's main event, him and and Benil Dariush. But when Charles Oliveira made his walk to the cage, I could see the reaction of people. I was like, oh, People are here to see Charles Oliveira. They're not here to see Man Nunez for Serena Danya. They're not here for Danny Gay, Nate Landwehr, which were two fights that I was is interested in. They were there to see Charles Oliveira. So that was like my biggest takeaway is, and that's one of those things when you go out and you watch a UFC pay-per-view at a sports bar, you understand who are the fighters that people are really into. And Charles Oliveira, definitely into it. Clearly, he's got to get the title shot next after you go out there and do what he did. Of course, Islam had his things to say. Of course, me and Daniel, we'll talk about more on Wednesday's podcast. I'm sure we'll talk about the tweets from Juliana Pena following a man Nunez announcing her retirement. And, you know, you remember we, me and Daniel talked about that on Wednesday's episode. With it, was this going to be the last dance for a man Nunez? And you know me. You know me. I do not believe the R word in combat sports. I do not believe any fighter when they say that they are retiring. I just do not believe that word. I do not believe retirements in mixed martial arts. Maybe this one sticks. I mean, look, the only one that it feels like it's going to maybe stick to is Habib Nurmagomedov, but who knows? Maybe, maybe something you know changes there. But I just I, I don't believe in a retirement, but uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see what 
the UFC does there. I know Raquel Pennington is basically talking about having a, a, a matchup against Juliana Pena for that title. So we'll see uh, what the UFC does. But let's get right into the interviews. As up first, you're going to hear my conversation with Patrick Brady. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man we had back on the show just a couple of months ago. And, of course, he's now in the PFL and finally going to be able to step inside that PFL cage. Patrick, I appreciate the time. It is, I guess, I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, since April here, it's kind of been a long road here, two fights that don't come together. Now you've yeah. got this one. Like, how do you describe the, the past couple of months? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just been, like, out of my control, right? Like the promotion art award that I had fought for previously, I, I like I had a really good working relationship with the promoter, Mike Bickings. And um not saying that the PFL doesn't care about their fighters, but the art of war definitely took care of me, right? Like they definitely looked out for my best interest. They made sure to find me fights, not just um good fights, but like fights with guys that they knew were going to show up. Right. And, uh, Mike Bickings and Deb Bickings did a great job of, uh, vetting my opponents and making sure that they were going to be there. Right. And, uh, if you notice, I, I, I hadn't had any canceled bouts leading up to this and, um, on topology, there's one, but it wasn't me. It was the guy, but then we found mm -hmm. a quick re Anyway, um, it, it's just been kind of like out of my control, right? Out of my control. And, um, you know, I was a little upset about the whole Michael and Jozak situation. But, you know, I got I got over it. And, you know, I found acceptance in it. And it is what it is. It just wasn't meant to be uh, that night with him. And then they had scheduled me uh, the following week to fight Gotsov. And, um you know, when I came home for Easter, I I had staph infection on the side of my head that had just erupted in size, and it, it um, lanced and drained, and IV antibiotics and that whole routine and everything that could have a staph infection. I was actually still willing to fight, but my manager had suggested that it's you know it's probably not a good idea. So um, it's been all good, man. I'm still. Still training hard, still getting to work in, and um, I'm ready for Friday night. In, in terms of that staph infection, I mean, how how long did it keep you out of uh, getting the working in the gym? I, I got back to work. Maybe you can see. I got back to work right away. Um, I mean, I kind of stayed active. Mm -hmm. You may not be able to see, but there's a little scar right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was on the side of my head. It started as a pimple, and um, it just. It was actually getting worse, right? Like mm -hmm. on the Wednesday leading up to my fight, it was getting big. And I was out there with Chris Dawkins and he was like, you know, well, obviously you're still fighting, right? Like, so I had it going into the Andrzejczak fight and I was getting in that cage if my arm was fucking hanging off. I didn't give a shit, like head, arm, whatever it is. I was getting in that cage. And then um, when they canceled my fight, then I was like, all right, well, let me let me start treating this thing. And then when I got home from uh, Vegas, that's when, like, I got off the plane. I don't know if it was the pressure from the flight or something, but when I got off that plane, it felt like I had a fucking a heartbeat on the side of my head. It was oh, pretty wow. bad. So, um, I mean, two, three days later, it was dissipated. I mean, they lanced it, like, at the hospital. They cut it and drained it. Mm -hmm. right away so some of that pressure kind of like alleviated right away but um you know two three days later i was pretty much good to go it's not like it kept me out for an extended period of time and, and what I, I i find interesting about this is i mean obviously I, I think it's been well documented this has been not been a a typical season for the pfl uh you know primarily with how many fighters ha, have been removed because of a, a failed drug test and you know I, I look at where you're at here in this heavyweight division and obviously you haven't yeah. had that first fight yet yeah how, how does the is it is the point system in the mindset at all of like knowing like, okay, I know realistically for me getting that top four, I'm probably going to need a first round finish. Yeah. I mean, not really. 
not really. It doesn't like if you're go if you're like you want to go in there and you want to get a finish right away as soon as possible. Every fighter does. Yeah. Whether you're fighting for points or not, you want to get the finish as soon as possible, right? Like that being said, you still train and get ready for a three five minute uh, three five minute rounds. So it's like the fight's gonna go how it's gonna go, right? Like. Um, a good friend of mine, Andre Petrowski, who's actually in my corner coming up uh, mm-hmm. next week, flies out with me on Monday, had told had told me before I had some nerves and stuff before a fight, one of my amateur fights, and he said, um, God's already decided if you won or lost this fight, brother. Like, you just got to show up. And like, mm-hmm. fuck, man, if that didn't resonate with me and it didn't just sit like, I don't get nervous anymore. Like, it's already been decided. Like, whether I win or lose this fight has already been decided, right? So it's time for me to just show up and get in that cage. Um, I know the amount of work that I put in. I know the preparation that uh, I have, you know, for this fight. And so it's, it's all good, brother. It's all good, man. In terms of your opponent here, Jordan, just like you, this is his PFL debut. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's uh, Ultimate Fighter vet. Was on the Ultimate Fighter uh, season thirty. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on him as uh, what what he's going to bring to you? I think he's tough, right? Like, I think he's a tough kid. Like, he not just like you know, pun intended. Like, I really think he's a tough kid, and he's got an athletic background with the football going. And um, I think he's a gamer, right? Like, he 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 will throw, and he returns punches. Like, if you hit him, he fucking return fires. Like, you're not gonna hit him not expecting yeah. a, a a throw back. So you know, we're working on, you know, the counter punches. Like, we're we're waiting for that that counter punch. Um. So, you know, it's a, it's a good matchup for me, right? Like, the la- my last fight with the guy in Drozak, uh, he had 35 fights, right? And then Gautzov had has a ton of experience. This kid, Jordan, has got just about the same amount of experience as I do. Um, I, from what I've seen, I'm a significant underdog, which doesn't really make sense to me. I'm hearing, like, talks as much as, like, plus 400. Um which I don't know how that's possible in the heavyweight division, right? Right? Like, I'm 250 pounds. Like, mm-hmm. how is is anybody plus 400 that's athletic and capable of making it to the PFL? Um, a well, plus four doesn't uh, make sense. So I just pulled up best fight odds. So yeah. uh, Betway is the only one they have listed. Um, they have you as a plus two forty underdog, okay. and Jordan a minus three fifty betting favorite. Yeah, so, it just doesn't make sense to me. It mm-hmm. does, like to me that says bet a thousand bucks on me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like how does that make sense? How how is somebody who's five and zero fighting someone who's six and zero uh, that big of a favorite? I don't listen to me. What that says is that somebody's not doing their homework. Right, right. That they're just they're throwing numbers at it. Maybe they looked at the topology uh, predictions that are like ninety eight percent him. Um, maybe they're looking at that and they're coming up with their numbers based on like what other people think. But I think a lot of what's happening is the fact that he has had some national exposure. Right, like he he fought for LFA, which is a bigger promotion, and um, he's he was on the Ultimate Fighter. And uh, he he's a little bit more well known of a name than I am, mm-hmm. so I that might have um, moved the needle a little bit as far as like who's favored and who's not. But um, you know, like he's got some submissions on his record. I have some submissions on my record. I've gone the distance twice. He's gone the distance once. One of his wins was because he got kicked in the head by uh, an illegal kick, like when he was a down to fighter. So one of his wins was a, um, uh, I don't even know what they refer to that as, uh, disqualification maybe. A no contest? Um, yeah. No, well, no, he got the win. They gave him the win. So he, I think he got uh, disqualified. I think his opponent got uh, a legal soccer kick. Yeah. So he got kicked in the head when he was a down fighter. So like on paper, he's six and oh, but you know, it's probably more like five and oh, right? Like, let's just consider if you get kicked in the head, it doesn't count. Right. Um, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, and then he went one and one on the Ultimate Fighter, but they're considered um, exhibition matches, right? So they don't go against your actual pro record. And I think some of that has to do with, like, they don't even fight a third round unless it's it's necessary. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah no. it's de- it's deemed an exhibition fight. But I look at yeah. that, I say it's a fight. A, come on, a, come on, like it's a fight that it should, it should count for your record. Yeah, getting in the fucking cage. It's like me when I got in the cage with Sean Strickland, like not counting on. Like, come on, man. Like we're in there fighting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean he, uh, you know, he had that one fight with Chandler Cole on the ultimate fighter, which was a really good scrappy fight. And he, he dug it out, right? Like him and Chandler were exchanging, um, pretty evenly first and second round. He got kicked with, I think he got hit with like a spinning roundhouse kick at one, yes. like a spinning roundhouse kick at one point. And he got sat down. Um, but listen, like I said, the kid's tough. Like he fought through that. He got, he got the takedown and, um, he got the finish off of that takedown in the third round. Um, you know, it it's going to end up on the ground, right? He'll be on his back or I'll be on my back, one or the other. Um, that's what I think is going to happen. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, uh, I'm excited for this fight. I'm very excited for this fight. This, this is like I've I was watching the Ultimate Fighter while it, it was airing, and um, I think I was two and zero when that show was airing. So like I didn't qualify for it, and yeah. I don't even know what it went. Like I have like three fucking kids and shit. Like I'm not gonna go live in some house for fucking six weeks like, <laughs> and leave my family. <laughs> That's like for a young man. Um, but I was watching it thinking, like, I can beat some of these guys. You know what I mean? So uh, it's fun that I get to find that out because I was I was, I was, was saying that when I was watching it. So it's pretty exciting. Like, I mean, you kind of go back on the whole of the, bet, the betting odds of that is, yeah. are, are you the type of athlete that likes, you like that, to have that motivation? Like, you, you like to have, like, that bulletin board material up or is like, it's like, no, whatever? It's not necessary for me, right? Like, because it's not going to change the outcome of the fight, right? Like, that does, that's not, what changes the outcome of the fight is the amount of work that I put in, not, you know, a fucking headline or a number or a stat or some needle, like, the, what changes the outcome is what I do to get ready for the fight, right? So that kind of shit doesn't really work on me. I I just like to look at it. I, I just think about it as like it's like a fucking news article. I just like to I like to digest some of that mm-hmm. information and kind of I get I just, I'm just a curious person in general. So I, I'm curious as to like nobody's done their fucking homework on me. No, there's no way. Yeah. Like, like, what did you say the money line was on? Who is it? What, what's the website? Uh, bestfightodds.com. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's probably the best place to go. Like, but to give you an idea on that, last night, Brandon Laughlin, who got upset, was yeah. a seven, uh, minus 750 betting favorite. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't know how the fuck that's even possible. The dude who he fought went to a decision with um, the other kid who – who fought last night? Um, the the Brazilian kid whose dad was t- coaching. Braga. But, but yeah, and that kid was fucking tough, right? Yeah, yeah knocked out and, Marlon. Yeah, knocked out Marlon Cold, and um, he uh, and he went to they went to a decision in Vegas, right? Yeah. So like, those two kids are tough, man. Those two like you're seeing kids like you're seeing those young kids that are being born and raised into MMA that are coming out now, right? Like you're seeing like, uh, who are those two Brazilian brothers who fought, who fought in the UFC and that UFC Brazil card? Um, the name's escaping me. They're, they're managed by Jason. Um, but they're two oh, brothers. I, 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 I can see their face. I can't, I can't think I, their, their name slips my mind. As soon as someone says, I'm like, damn. yeah. So those two kids, but you're seeing kids like that, that are just, that are, you know, eight nine years old, and they got headgear yeah. on with shit pads, and 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 now they're now they're they're making it right. Like now we're seeing those kids, um, because it, the sport's becoming more of a mainstream sport, right? Like, 
Uh, my 12 year old is doing jujitsu and Muay Thai. And, um, you know, when he gets to be my age, like shit, man, I didn't get into this sport until I was 36 years old. Yeah. Right. Like no, 34, I was 34 years old. I was 34. Right. 2018. Yeah. I don't know. I've been punching the head too many times. <laughs> but this is the thing. Is some... so late. You're just seeing these kids now that are like, yeah, they're good. They're good. These kids are technical. They're tough. And, and, and you, and you put a Brandon Lawton against a kid that's, yeah, it's a tough kid. It's like, fuck man, where do you come up with plus 750 well, at? In, to me, this is what's the hardest part about betting on mixed martial arts is yeah. one punch. One takedown yeah. can can just alter a fight. Or, I mean, how many times have we seen in fights where something's just going on, you know, that, yeah. that only the fighter and their team knows about? Maybe it's, there's an injury, or yeah. you know, yeah. or or how many well, times it has has a fighter after the fact said, "Hey, man, I had an injury. I knew I had five minutes of cardio, so I had to get out in and out in five minutes." Yeah, yeah. I mean, who was that? Who was that coach? Uh, that got all fucking jammed up with with the gambling. Um, James Krause. James Krause. Yeah, I mean, look, like guys like that, like that have inside information that like work the system, and there was money to be made, right? And mm -hmm. there's money to be made. I I still think that if I don't gamble at all, but um, if I did, like fighting would be something that if you learned the sport. Right. And you know what you're looking at and you mm -hmm. like there, there are is money to be made because these fucking odds makers don't know. They don't know. Like the NFL, you see the money lines like and you see like the plus, you know, whatever. Yeah. And like th there is a lot of time spent on creating those lines. Right. And there's a lot of effort that goes into it. I don't think the same amount of effort goes into making lines for fighters. I just. I don't think it uh, like who the fuck knows who I am. Yeah, look, look, I don't know how the process goes, but I'll, I'll yeah. tell you this: if you if you looked at when Vegas puts a line out on an NFL game, uh, and then before there's any action put on it, because obviously they're trying to get action on both sides. Yeah, how accurate that number is more times than not. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. No, I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of effort that goes into it. There's a lot of eyes looking at it. There's a, there's a lot of thought, right? How many guys went and looked up the footage on my fights? I have no idea. <laughs> no, no one. Yeah. No one. If you, go on my, if you go on YouTube and you look my name up, there's only two fights. And one of them was an amateur fight, right? And then the other one was against a kid that I wrestle-fucked. And he was lighting the ass. So it's not really like a good indication of, of what I can do, you know? Um, do, do you look at that as a positive for this matchup of like, there's not a lot of footage on me. So he, I mean, may, look, he, he may sit back a little bit and just try to feel you out to see what you do. I mean, maybe, but it, it, it doesn't uh, possibly. I mean, it doesn't change anything for me because yeah. – know what i see right like i still see holes in his games that i'm gonna exploit right like i still see things that i know that i want to do that i can get rid of that i can i can try to get him out of there um there's a lot of footage of him a lot and i've watched all of it and i've studied all of it right like rewind play rewind play watch his combo watch what he does on this combo watch what he does on that combo um so I mean, look, I the guys that I have around me are, are high-level guys. Yeah. Chris Dawkins, Kyle Dawkins, Andre Petrowski, Joe Pfeiffer, right? Like, that's just four names right out of the gate that, yeah. like, that I'm, I can call right now and go, yo, take a look at this. Tell me what you think, right? And then I have uh, my coach, Will Martinez. I have uh, Coach John Marquez. And then I have Coach Eddie Torres, who's coming out with me, who uh, owns a gym that I'll be at in an hour. Um, Team Taino, you know, and Eddie is a wizard, man. Like yeah. he, he, like he knows this guy's girlfriend's name. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's just it, he's watching. Yeah. You know, he's looking at all the film. He's seeing he's seeing things, and and that's what we're working. That's what we're working. So, I mean, listen, I'm confident. 
I'm confident going into this fight. This kid is tough. I know he's fucking tough. The last guy I fought was tough too, right? The last guy I fought was five and two, but I really think he was a seven and zero. Oh. He lost two decisions because he lost points because he got his mouthpiece knocked out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that guy was a seven and zero, oh, and that guy, like my the Yamez Wildman, was fucking tough, man. I punched, I punched on that fucking guy, and um. You know, I, I think this is going to be the same kind of fight, man. I just, I think this is, I, I think it's going to go the distance. I do. And um, he, I, you know, I don't give a shit about the points, man. They don't fucking mean anything to me mm-hmm. because, like, what about if I break my toe in the first round? Like, I'm not fighting in the next round anyway if, if something happens in this mm-hmm. fight. Right? I, I'm just, I want to, I want to get in the cage next Friday and I want to put my best foot forward and um i want to find out what i'm made of because that's what this has always been about this has always been about me not not the pfl not you know my it's always been about me and what i think i can do and what i think i'm capable of and then finding out right finding and find getting getting like tested you know like, not just like, oh, I think I can beat that guy when I watch him on TV. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to try to fight that guy. You know, so, like, that's just who I am. And, of course, we get to see this here coming up on Friday, PFL number five. Of course, I've on ESPN, ESPN Plus. As always, man, I appreciate time. Of course, uh, let me know anything you on social media. Anything else you want to mention, man? No, no, no. We're all good. Thank you to my coaches. Thank you to my family, my, my wife, my sponsors, Performance Meal Prep, Apollo. Um, pre-owned executive tree care really been taking care of me on this one and um, yeah all good joining me now is one of the men that's going to be in the main event of unified mma 51 come up here on june the 23rd of course event that you can watch on ufc fight pass and of course you're familiar with this man eric appreciate the time congratulations coming off another title victory and another promotion there uh back in, in march against a contender series vet so uh what's what's life been like since uh winning that title back in march Man, just been staying active, dude. I want to uh, get right back in there. So I'm glad this fight came about because really just trying to stay as active as I can this year. Um, it's been a rough, you know, past couple of years. So I'm just trying to get back to where I want to be and uh, and doing so. I got to fight a lot. So I'm going to take all the toughest fights I can outside of the UFC. How do you describe the past couple of years? Just, uh, you know, uh building you know i've been building the last couple years you know dealing with a lot of adversity um things that could break a man but you know obviously has built me so um i'm ready to just go out there and show show what it's it's, uh it's helped me with you know as far as my game as far as uh mental preparation and all that so i just feel like i'm the best i've ever been you know obviously you hear athletes whether we're talking about mixed martial artists baseball basketball football whatever it is you know they talk about the mental side of sports and how much, I mean, obviously there's a lot of physical tools you have to have to be able to do things, but like for you, like how much of this sport do you believe is mental? Dude, it's, it's, I feel like a lot of it is, man. It's cause I mean, we can all get out there and train hard and, uh, you know, be good in the gym. But a lot of times people go out in the ring and they don't perform to their best ability because of the mental block they have. So I feel a lot of it is, is mental. Uh, I would say probably 60, 40 because, you know, 60 mental, 40%, you know, in the gym because man, I honestly, I feel like when my mental's off, my game's off, it's just, you know, and you can go out there and be in shape, you know, put in the work to be in shape, but your mental, you can't train. You just got to keep on working at it. You know what I'm saying? You mentioned about, you know, Hey, I'm just, I'm trying to take the toughest fights I possibly can. I mean, for you in the position you're in now, has it been easy to find fights? It's actually been extremely difficult. Um, I mean, it's, so well, I will say a lot of people try to make their name off me, but after I come off wins, then people start trying to avoid me. So it's like, uh, is he is he you know stepping stone or is he on his way back? So it's one of those things. It's a it's a tough it's a tough position I'm in right now. You know, either guys want to build off me or they're scared to fight me. So uh, right now I feel like uh, Tess Shays, uh he's he's a tough dude for taking the fight. Honestly, with seven and one, you know, so I respect that out, out of his character, but definitely think i got the advantage over this guy i'm gonna go in there and handle business so like happy you, he took the fight 
when you get the fight offer and obviously you and the team start, you know, looking at him and, and what he does well, where, you know, the holes you, you believe are in his game. Was, was there something when you started watching his, his fight footage that, that stuck out to you about like, were you like, okay, damn, I, I gotta be on the lookout for this. I just think he's a, he's a pressure fighter. He comes forward, tries to pin you up against the cage. But like I said um, before, man, I haven't met a guy to hold me, hold me against the cage ever in my career. So I think, uh, that game plan, he's going to have to switch up facing someone like me. I'm too fast. I'm too quick on my feet. You know, it's got to it's gonna be hard to get me to stay there. So, uh, other than that, man, I feel like he's well-rounded. Definitely a uh, seasoned, seasoned fighter. But um, I just think I'm better than him everywhere, really. I, I think the one thing that a lot of people would look at is you, you've got a massive edge in experience here. And, and I'm sure if you ask him that question, he'll probably say, hey, man, it's not a big deal. Um, was there ever yeah. a point in, in your career when you, you had that realization of, like, damn, experience is a huge edge in this game? Definitely, man. I mean, like, I, I've always taken the fight, tough fights, man. So I've always, you know, went above and beyond to find the toughest fights out there. Um, so I definitely had to learn, you know, when I was about – I want to say six and zero or seven and zero. I took my first loss, man, and it was it was tough to swallow. But I also also learned that it was experience that you know got him the edge. But you know that can play play in his favor or play against him. It's it's something that's it's a beautiful thing about this sport, man. We're gonna find out. You know what I mean? You've been in this game for a long time, and Amy debuted back in twenty ten. Um, like as you think about like your mindset on the fight game back when you just turned pro back in, in 2014, like mm-hmm. how, how drastically different is it now? Oh my gosh. It's so different, man. It's, it's, it's grown some in bad ways, some in good ways. I think, uh, the publicity it's gotten is, is amazing. It's good for the fighters. Uh, as far as, you know, promotion sake and the best fight and the best, that's, that's pretty much out of the, out of the books for most guys. Most guys want to pad their records to the top. You know, it's, it's very rare you get a guy like Teshe to step up and, and fight a UFC vet and, and willing, you know, especially for a title and the, it could open a lot of doors for him, but it could also close them. So I think, uh, I think um, this sport has grown, like I said, in, in, in the way, in some ways good. And in a lot of ways, you know, it's, it's a little padded now, you know, it used to be just man versus man and, you know, all, no, so not so much, uh, politics it's a lot more politics now you know i i know what you mean by the padded because there, there's uh, i love to go topology and you, you start yeah. you start you start looking at, at fires who are making their way up the regional scene and you start to kind of do that deep dive and and there's sometimes i and and look and, and there could be various reasons why things happen who knows but there are times where i go damn man like not a lot of great strength of competition like is that something you really notice from your from your side too Oh, of course, man. Uh, of course. This is uh, a thing you see a lot nowadays. That's why I'm not, you no, know, I just fought a guy that was 12 and one, but I, when I looked at his record, I was like, uh, well, competition wise, he hasn't fought no one like me. So it's just definitely, definitely what people do now. And that, you know, I mean, I, I can't knock it if it gets you there, but you won't be prepared when you get there because I've fought up there at the top and I know for a fact there's a difference in uh, talent. So, uh, it's just one of those things, man. It's if you want to take that risk and not and not being prepared for the next level, you know that's on you. I know I don't want that route for sure. Are the days of one twenty five over? No, nah, man. I mean, I just think money talks, man. I believe one thirty five right now is is good because the money where I'm where I'm what I'm making as far as fighting now. I think uh, you know dieting and all that stuff at one twenty five is a lot more expensive. You know, takes a lot more time. So until I'm getting the big money again 135 is where i'm gonna be at for sure in, in terms of goals it is just the the primary goal is to get back to the ufc or is it one of these things where it's like uh, i'm 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 keeping an open mind because obviously you know bellator just got to the 125 pound business won championships you know doing stuff here in the united states you got pfl what, what's kind yeah. of the goal for you right now man just like you said uh keeping doors open i'm just going to keep stacking up my resume and um you know, building so I got something to leave the sport with. I definitely want to leave the sport with something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, instead of just like a little bit of a good record, I want to have. I want to be able to support my family with this. This is what I do for a living. So, whatever, whatever comes my way and it's worth it, and definitely gonna take. But uh, right now, 
obviously the goal is to be back in the UFC where I started my climb and I want to finish that, you know, but if that, if that door closes, I definitely, I'm open to other stuff as well. What is there something that fans may not know about you that may surprise them? I don't know, man. Uh, just uh, probably that I've never been finished. Most of my losses are split decisions. A um, couple of different fights in my career could change my whole life. You know, uh, I fought Pantoja in my debut. You know what I'm saying? Jared Brooks and all these guys. It's just, it's just, you know, adversity is what I've been faced with my whole career. So uh, I definitely, uh, I'm definitely someone to look out for because I'm a dark horse coming in. I, I've always been that. So I'm the ultimate fighter, same way it came out semifinals I'll do the same thing in this and uh I'll make my way back do you feel like people are doubting you I, I definitely feel I mean there's no if ands or buts I know people that's just the way this sport is you know you're either on top or you're on bottom they don't really care to know the journey they just want to see the end result so I, I know for a fact my big my real fans know that I'm I'm going to be back but I know that a lot of people that just hopped on the bandwagon for the rise mm-hmm. they have they're definitely doubting and, of course, everyone's going to be able to see this fight. Main event, Unify MMA 51, live on UFC Fight Pass. Eric, as always, man, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, let me know anything you can find on social media. And anything else you want to mention, man? No, man, just uh, stay tuned, man, because June 23rd is going to be a it's gonna be a blowout. I'm going to go out in Canada and take this strap. It's going to be a good fight. I can't wait. Joining me now, we're joined by one of the men that's going to be a part of the Unified MMA main event coming up here on June the 23rd as he fights for the interim Bantamweight titles. He takes on Eric Shelton Tiche. I appreciate the time. Uh, obviously, a huge uh, opportunity for you here. So how did this one come together? Um, Everyone else said no. So we took this guy. So how many said no? Man, over this year... Probably like 60 people, at least, like since, I've been trying to fight since the beginning of the year. And then uh, even Noah, like the champ, they called their champ, he was not down. So. So when that amount of people are saying no when they're offered a fight against you, frustration has to be one of the terms that, that comes into mind. What, what, what other comes to your mind? What else comes to your mind? Confidence. I know they don't want it. <laughs> I wouldn't want it either if they watched me fight, but it's, it's stressful because I'm trying to fight, right? Yeah. But but you get Eric Shelton and I had a chance to to catch up with Eric and you know he's you know he he his thing to me was he's like, Look, I'm just trying to get I'm just trying to stay active, try to get as many fights as I can and he goes, Hey, you know, I, I this guy's a, you know is, is a scrapper. He, he's like, I'm looking forward to this matchup. Like, what what gets you excited about fighting Eric? Oh, uh, he's my ticket. He's my ticket to the UFC. I put him out the way I want to put him out. He's never been put out. He's a UFC vet, big record, big name. Um, then it's my go, right? He's he's just a stepping stone to where he's already been there. He's already done that. He he's not as hungry as I am. He's already tasted that. You know what I mean? He might be, but fuck. Ah, nah, he's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he thinks he is. In terms of his fighting abilities and, and what he does, what is there something that you know when you hear his name immediately you think of? Uh, boxing. He's a boxer. He's got good patience. He's um, yeah, he can go five rounds no palm. And, I mean, he missed me. He said, he goes, look, I've never been finished in my career. I mean, is yeah. do you do you look at that from as you're preparing for the fight of like, man, okay, this guy's got a ton of experience. He's fought mm-hmm. some of the top, you know, guys in the world. Do you go, okay, I I have to be ready for a, a, a just a five round battle? Oh, I'm ready. Five rounds. I've always after three, I'm fucking ready for four and five every fight. But um. Yeah, I'm ready for a five round battle, but I don't. They don't pay me for those two extra rounds, so <laughs> you know what I mean. Trying to get that shit over with. Oh, I I get you on that. I I, I totally I totally get you. You know, you know, they only, they only pay you to get in there. Um, the nickname My House. How did you get this yeah. nickname? Uh, I was in Trinidad like when I was eighteen, nineteen, and uh, we went down this mountain and we were in the ocean. 
and uh, the tide was coming in, or going out, one of, going out, I think, and then uh, it was so fucking hard to swim back, so then uh, my coach at the time had to grab a surfboard, and, like, there was a bunch of us, he got all the girls to shore, and then uh, I had to swim back, my buddy had to pull me in, and then, uh, like, we almost died, so then um, he was just, like, talking to us about how, like, everything, like, being calm in that situation led us to being able to survive, and, like, it's, like, fighting, just analyzing the situation, and then at the end of the trip, he gave us all a, a low chain, and it said, your house, and it was, like, a surfboard with the black and white, like, the yin and yang, and I was, like, oh, your house, I was, like, that's, like, I'm, like, this is my house, no matter what situation I'm in, fuck it, I can always control the outcome if I just sit back and analyze and adapt to the situation and overcome, right, so I was, like, fuck, that's, Fuck, someone give me a nickname, I'm gonna I'm do what I want, you know what I mean? But, because it's a good, like, to me, it's like life or death mm-hmm. when I step in there. And, like, I'm prepared to die. One of the words you, you said there, you talked about calm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so many fighters talk about it. you got to be calm on fight night. And pay, patience is kind of another word that gets used to of, you know, making, you know, picking picking your shots, you know, to, to maximize success. Uh, has being calm and patient always been a, a trait you've had in mixed martial arts? Yeah. Um, I get really hyped because I love fighting. And, like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, I don't get too nervous. To get If you watch me fight, I get pretty happy. I'm smiling and fucking talking in there. And it's, my coach is the one, like, Matt DeMarcan, he's kept me calm over the years. Just like He's like, it's sparring, just fucking breathe and have fun. Like, you're sparring, you can just knock this guy out. And I mean, it's just sparring, but I can actually hurt them. So it's like not getting overzealous to find the finish. The finish will come. Patience, How do you really. see the finish coming in this one? Flying knee. But we're putting him out. I've landed two flying knees in my career. Almost had the one guy. Got fucking up, but he's Mexican, so <laughs> you know they they're hard to put away. Then hit Morgan. I think that one was just I hit his forehead because after the fight, that was the only thin thing that hurt was my fucking knee. I'm like that definitely hit his forehead, and he's tough as shit. But um, this guy's style, I see it landing. I've been landing and sparring a lot, putting guys, hurting guys, splitting guys, like that. Yeah, sending guys. It's it's gonna land clean. I fucking when it does, whoo. We in. Well, for fans who are going to tune in on, on Fight Pass, and, and maybe this is their first time, you know, getting a chance to hear you talk, and and maybe this is going to be the first time they see you fight live. Uh, what would you want those fans to know about you? Um, just I'm an exciting fighter. I love what I do. Um, you know, I mean, humble, confident, but cocky. Um, just fucking, I love what I do. This is my life. I was born to fight, and I just want to excite everyone and get everyone hype and show everyone how much I love this sport and the work I put into this is crazy. I just want them to feel that feel that energy when I'm in there, when I'm walking out, like that love. And, of course, we'll see this, the main event of Unified MMA 51 come up here June 23rd, of course, live on UFC Fight Pass. I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, I'll let me know they can follow you on social media. Anything else you want to mention, man? Um... No, man, just either buy it on fucking UFC Fight Pass or message me for a ticket because it's going to be one hell of a show. And uh, we're putting this boy out. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man who is coming off a victory at Bayou FC number 59, DeAndre. Congratulations on the victory, uh, getting back uh, on on the winning track here. Uh, it had been a little bit of time since uh, we had seen you inside competition. It's uh, July of last year when we saw you in CFFC. So uh, kind of uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, how the mindset was heading into this one You know, after being away from competition for some time. Um. For me, honestly, I, I'm in a whole new camp um, with a whole new group of people, and it it kind of was just a little bit of kind of breath of fresh air just to be in a, a whole new environment. Um, you know, I kind of hoped that I would always be able to stay at home and and do what I really wanted to do with my career, but I know that I had to, to branch out and, and to learn more. Um, so me and my team at Law School MMA, it just being in a – in an environment with a whole bunch of killers just kind of kind of made it a whole lot more fun um made me have to really develop my game way more um and it gave me a lot more confidence um just knowing that who i train with you know 
Um, those guys in there, they're winning. They're, um, they're making me compete every day. So I knew that I was ready going into this one. In terms, in terms of the new training system and the new, you know, training partners that you're around, what was was there something early on when you started to kind of work with them that you said, okay, this is where I need to be? Um, it was just a competition level. Um, as far as like, um, you know, sometimes I I, I got comfortable um, being in my old gym and stuff, and it, every day is uncomfortable. Um, there's no days that I can come in there and, and relax because the everybody's out there. They're trying to get ready. They're trying to be the best. So, you know, it might be one week where you can get somebody in the next week where they're getting you. And, um, boy, it can be the it can be one day and then the next day. Um, you never really know. So um, just being in, a, in an environment with everybody that's trying to, trying to be on there, you got to be on your P's and Q's. Um, so it, it just helped me out a whole bunch. You know, you talk about, you know, leveling up in this game, you know, and, and kind of hearing you, yeah. you talk there. That's kind of that's kind of the way I looked at it. Is that a way you kind of describe kind of, you know, what the past couple of months have been for you? Yeah, um, it's just me. It's just me growing, to, you know, the falling back in love with fighting because, you know, um, me, I hadn't really had a lot of time in the cage. Um, so, you know, a lot of my fights, they don't last that long. So it's just kind of me being, having two years off and then fighting for 11 seconds. Then I fight for one round or two minutes. Or it, I never was able to really kind of get settled back into the fighting, you know. Um, and I think that with the time that I, that I had between my last fight and in this one, I kind of just kind of got back comfortable being, you know, in the cage, being back to me, you know, um, because I hadn't really got to, to show anything for anybody um, or to do anything much. The thing that you said that really stuck out to me, you used the term falling back in love with the game. Like, Was it just was it more of just because things weren't going your way, or or was there a deeper reason of why you felt like you had to find that love again? Um, it was just uh, when I'm a I'm a very competitive person, so um, when I feel like it, it really wasn't. I wasn't getting the competition that I needed every single day. For me to for me to get up, I have to I have to feel something. I have to have a reason. You know, um, me doing this for I think I've been doing this for like seven or eight years. Um, but I've competed in combat sports and wrestling and stuff like that since I was eleven. So that's a long time with me, just one on one, and um, a lot of the times the weight cuts and. And um, just the the long layoffs between fights, it kind of gets in my head because um, I want to compete. I I want to. I fought Saturday. I want to fight next week. I want to. You know, that's how. That's just how I am. Um, I'm real stubborn, and I just want to. I want to go out there. And, <laughs> I mean, I want to go out there and kill everybody. Honestly, that's what. That's what I go out there to do. So um, that gets me in a lot of trouble too. But um, I I just. I had to get back used to the competing part. Um, I had gotten too comfortable. So you know, you, you know, you talk about me, and this one was a fight that goes to the decision. But you mentioned, you know, you're, you're typically a guy in and out of there. Would you describe yourself as a patient person? Uh, not at all. I'm not patient. Just even in regular, just regular life, I'm not patient. Um. And I mean, that's the reason nobody's ever, you can ask anybody um, with like CFFC, anyway. I don't say no to people. I fight. Like, I'm, you know, I don't like waiting on anything. I want it right now. And that's gotten me in trouble in a lot of situations. Um, you know, just, just not being able to be patient, um, especially in my fights, too. Um, there's a lot of times where I could go and I could try to set something up or, but I just, I just want um, I just want to finish everybody. I don't, I don't like to to waste any time. 
I mean, I don't think everybody can see that when I come out in the first 10 seconds till whenever that the, the last bell rings or whatever, the fight ends, I'm always coming out hot. And I'm going to stay hot, you know. One one of the things that uh, your management sent over me, uh, one of your favorite movies, which is one of my favorite movies as well, The Hangover, is the Mike Tyson scene your favorite scene? Yeah, yeah, and um, I like um, I like when they're in the hotel room and then they're singing the Doug song. You know, that's like, I don't know. That's like the that's one of my favorite because that when they're not they can't find them. Um, but I watched. It's crazy. I was like. I don't know, another movie, I was probably like 11, something like that. I was young, but I watched it with my parents and stuff. It's one of the funniest movies. I, I can watch all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. The Hangar is definitely one of them. Like, is movies like an outlet for you in, in terms of, you know, just getting your mind off that daily, you know, gym grind? Um. So movies used to be, but now I've turned like more to kind of like anime. Um, because, you know, it has like the, it's basically, there's people fighting all the time. It's just a, it's a long build up and, um, it's a lot about, you know, it's journeys and, and growth of, of people. And you kind of get, whenever I'm watching the anime, I kind of feel like I'm in the anime. So, you know, it kind of, I kind of pick up that energy and I, um, and I, I didn't really get into that until, I don't know, about two years ago or so. Okay. And I really started kind of watching it, um. But that and music, um, I listen to music 24-7. So uh, as soon as I, I wake up, I go out to my car. I'm listening to music the whole day. Um, I'm at work. They got music playing. That's all I hear all day. Um, so music and, and anime are kind of my outlets right now. So, you know, you, you get in the car, to whether, you know, you're going to head to head a job, head to gym. Is there a... Is it a certain playlist that's kind of your go-to, a certain genre that, that's your go-to that's just kind of like gets you in that, that place you need to be? Um, so I do. I had a, I had a playlist for every fight camp. I kind of make a playlist. Um, really depends on how my, my mood is, and I kind of name them. And um, for this one, it was, it was now or never um, just because I ain't – Coming off a off a three, it doesn't matter who I'm fighting. It doesn't matter how tough the opponents were. That's three losses. Um, and I don't I don't really lose. Um, I haven't really lost much in in my life in any sport or anything that I do. I'm a like I said, I'm really competitive. We can have a a pissing contest, and I'm gonna feel like I can I can beat anybody. You know. Yeah. Um. So that's just how I am. So um, I did. I I kind of I put the pressure on me, even though I don't, I normally don't feel too much pressure, mm -hmm. but, um, not many people know that if I, if I want to won this one, it was going to be done for me. Um, I just, I had to, not because I want to quit fighting or I want it. Like I, as I made, I made it clear that, um, can't put my family through it, you know, through the fight camps and, and everything, and I and making it feel like it was all for nothing for them, because um, I I got a two year old now, and um, I kind of I want to be able to spend time with her, and whenever I'm I'm gone and I have to travel and train, that's that's time that I don't get back with her and my fiance. So, um, if it's not gonna be worth it for them, you know I can't keep putting her through that, you know, especially my fiance. She um she takes it harder than I do when I get hit, so it um it's a lot of stress. And if I'm not doing what I need to do and being able to accomplish my goal, I was gonna hang it up. Um, even though I, it's not what I wanted to do. That's not what I ever want to do. I've been wanting to do this since I was 11 years old, and that's my dream. This is the only dream that I've ever really had. So um I just I just made that that commitment, and I knew I wasn't gonna lose. So. Retirement, I was, he was going to have to kill me to get me out of there um, because I won't ever give up on this dream. So I just had to put that in my head that if, if something were to happen and I lost, then that was going to be it for me. Did the people around you know that was the case? Um, It's only it's only like two people that knew that. Um, I, it's not, it was kind of something that I kept to myself. And I um, 
and I said this a few months back, so it's not like something that I had going over in my head over and over throughout the whole camp. And, you know, it's not, you know, whenever, you know, they always say like, whenever you think about retiring, you should probably retire. It wasn't one of those cases that I wanted to, you know, be done with this. Since me being realistic about, you know, where I am, um, even though I'm 26 years old and, you know, I still gotta, I gotta take care of my family. So, you know, um, with money situation, being a being a fighter is not a a wealthy. It's not it's not a way to get rich quick. You know, um, so I have to I have to make it worth it. So I have to I have to be winning. And you win, you get whatever you want in this sport. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got to keep doing. In terms of when when uh, the timeline to get back in there again, have, have you thought about when that may be? Um, probably a couple months. Um, because I'm doing school right now, so um, I kind of I kind of messed up um last semester, so I gotta I gotta get some classes and stuff straight. But um, probably, hopefully, like July, August, something like that, I'll be ready to step back in. Um, I'm taking the next few days to let my body just kind of heal a little bit. Um, because I haven't fought a whole three rounds in. I don't know, probably about four years. So and my body's still a little bit sore. I'm not banged up um, too bad, but I kind of want to give my body a little bit of time recovering, and I'll be right back in the gym. In, in in terms of going to school, what are you getting your degree in? Um, So I want to – I'm actually at a community college right now for um, it's like health, physical education, and recreation. Okay. Um, I want to go into either like kinesiology – whether it be like kind of a teacher or something. Um, I, my biggest thing is I want to be able to coach people um, because that's just I – love, I love coaching kids. Um, that's probably my favorite thing to do outside of actually, you know, fighting. I love to see the progression of, of young kids and seeing um, – just seeing, just seeing what they do. I've seen a lot of kids whenever I was a senior in high school, seeing what they're doing in wrestling and everything now. Um, it just – it makes me excited about the next generation. I, I always want to build up the younger guys. So that's kind of um, something I want to be into after I get done fighting. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. And uh, hopefully you're able to achieve all those dreams. And uh, we look forward to seeing when you get back in there. Of course, as always, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, let everyone know they can find you on social right, media. You. And, of course, uh, you know the sponsors that have been helping out, man. Um, so you can follow me on um, social media at the Protege MMA on Instagram. Um, you can find my Facebook page. It's um, is DeAndre the Protege Anderson on um, Facebook and on Twitter. Um, you can find me. I think it's the Protege MMA one thirty five um, or something like that. But if you look up the Protege MMA, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that pops up. Um, <laughs> but I like to thank. Um, my people at Horror Stories, um, Hornets Freedom, um, just they always give me support and um, just just sticking behind me throughout all the hard times. Um, and my team at um, at Law School MMA in Memphis, those guys are some killers. Um, my coach Brian Hall, that has changed the the way I think, the way the way I move. You know, I add a little swag to it. You know. Um, I think I had a little bit of swag, but they got a whole bunch up there in Memphis. So I'm just trying to, you know, get on to that right now. But um, i like to thank you again just for having me on. It was a pleasure talking to you again. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a fire that his name came up in the last time I talked to Matt Friendo, of course, the man behind Lights Out Championship, and he won his pro debut on that card. Hey, man, uh, congratulations on the pro debut. Getting right back into this thing. Uh, but, but we get kind of get to know you. Like, how did you get involved in martial arts? Uh, I appreciate you having me on this first. Uh, I got involved my coach one day. He's like uh, – Hey, I got an extra ticket. I've known my coach before uh, I started training. I got an extra ticket for having MMA event. Uh, would you like to go? This and this. I went on the way back. I was begging him, like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And I got into it, and here I am. I just made my pro debut. People are still telling me congrats about the last fight, and then I'm two weeks away from my second professional fight. 
And I mean, it's been a quick rise for the Amy debut back in, in 2021. You go six and zero as an amateur. Uh, was it was it just one of those things of you were just trying to get the cage time in before you ultimately made that leap into the pro ranks? Hundred percent. Like I was getting in there, and thank God. Uh, till now, just still no injuries, in and out, in and out. Most of my fights are all finishes, uh, and no injuries. And my coach was like, "We're just gonna keep it going, keep it going," because I'm still young, uh, and that's how it's been on since then. In terms of, of that pro debut, I mean, it was just at the end of April. Um, like, is there something about that night that still uh, sticks in your memory? Uh, for not having an opponent until five hours before the fight, that was really the rough. Uh, especially after a tough weight cut, all that stuff. And uh, I didn't know if I was fighting until five hours before the actual fight. And I went in there and did my thing. And now I'm ready. I'm fighting a good opponent. Uh, uh, I'm ready to show that there's levels to this. And Kobe Woodall, just like yourself, he's also one to know as a professional mixed martial artist. You mentioned about, hey, he's a tough opponent. What what do you see as what makes him uh, tough? It's just... Uh, he's he's fought some really good guys. Uh, he, in his pro debut, he fought Nick Mandeli, which is that was the only guy I went to decision with uh, as an amateur. Uh, he finished him in the first round, so people are looking at that. But I guess that was wasn't one of my best nights. But I'm ready to show it all uh, June 24. I, I know I, I saw an Instagram post you had, and and it was after your your pro debut, and you know you you I think. You have the attitude that we see a, a lot of athletes of like, look, like, hey, man, happy to win there and got the victory, but I, I know there's things I've got to work on. Um, you know, so like, was there some a, a big takeaway? Maybe, maybe it wasn't until a day after the fight that you went back and you looked at the fight and said, man, I did a lot better than I thought I did? Uh, not really. I wasn't happy with my performance at all. Uh, just because not having an opponent and uh, like, I was just so worried, like, because I sell the house, like they, I think Lights Out still comes here, like to hometown, because they're usually like two hours away, uh, just because they know I can sell the house. So they've been coming here, and then I'm like, what do, you, what should I do with all these people that's behind me and everything? Like I got a fight. I'm like, whoever it is, I just want to make my pro debut already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got that over. That fight is over. Now I just look back at it and see the mistakes mm-hmm. I did that was under that pressure of that much pressure. So. We'll see what's gonna happen next. I'm, I'm ready. Two weeks out is, it's another show. It just under two, uh, two months between between fights. Um, so is it a situation yeah. where you know pretty much you had the fight on a Saturday and then Monday you were right back in the gym? Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's how it's been for the past since since I made my uh, mm-hmm. amateur debut. Uh, I made my amateur debut and it's been like that since ever then. I've only had one fight canceled which is I was on the scale of that promotion. Basically, I made weight, so I had a full camp in there too. Uh, and that was my third fight, and it got canceled. So it's it's been on since then. Obviously, you're, you're going to make strides in the gym on the daily, but what is there something you see in yourself now that maybe wasn't quite there You know, back heading into the pro debut? Uh, I, think, I think I'm not the one that sees it. My coach sees it. The training flipped up so much since uh, since we said, uh, "Hey, we're making our professional debut." I think it's just uh, they had a a thing that were they were just holding back during the amateur career, and they now they let it out uh, during like the pro training and everything. And I'm like, "God damn, this just got way harder." But it is what it is. I'll be ready. In terms of you know all the fights that you've had to this point in your career, is is there a favorite fight for you? favorite fight uh i'd say my third one which is that was uh, i fought a, a really good wrestler uh that came out took me down right away i got back up took me down again and then that was my first submission and myself i am a striker and uh, i got a submission even my coaches and everybody was very happy with that fight and, and in terms of the upcoming fight uh, how, how do you see the victory come for yourself uh I'm ready for a 15-minute war. If that's what we're going for, I'm ready for a 15-minute war. Uh, I would like to be the first guy to stop Kobe Woodwell. He's never been stopped. I would like to be the first guy, and I think I will get it done. Is there a preference whether it's a a knockout or submission? Uh, I'd like to keep that. (laughs) 
I would like to keep that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's one of those things of like, I, I, I think it's kind of an interesting thing where, you know, if we're talking about a knockout, typically that means the referee is the one actually physically stopping the fight. But when you're talking about a submission, it's your opponent saying, hey, I'm done. Like, yeah, it, do, do, you, do you, like, is there more satisfaction? It, not saying in this fight, but just generally speaking, would there be more satisfaction in, in a submission though? Because your opponent is physically saying I'm done. Uh, no, you, I, I, I like knockouts better. I'm a striker myself. Like I, me stopping you is like me getting you out of there. It's not, it's not the, uh, like re referee or anything. I'm the one that's stopping you. Like if I put you out cold, I'm the one that stopped you. There's no referee, nobody. For people who are just getting to know you, what would you want them to know about you as a fire, but and also as a person? You know, I I come from overseas. I've been here for seven years. Uh, I just started fighting, still less than two years, and uh, I'm ready to show the world where I belong. I'm only 21. Uh, we've been a lot of talks for me, uh, a lot of hype behind me. And I'm going to back it all up. And, of course, the fight come up here. Lights Out Championship number 12 come up here on June the 24th. Of course, you can go over to Lights Out Facebook and Instagram to get all the links. And if, you, if you're in the area, to get tickets as well. Abe, hey, I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, let her know they can follow you, follow you on social media. Anything else you want to mention, man? I appreciate you having me on the show, man. Yeah, give me a follow on Instagram, Abe the Killer. Uh, and stay tuned. June 24th, you're going to hear some good news. And there are the five fighter interviews on this episode of the Ameriport Podcast. Appreciate all those men coming on this episode. Patrick, Eric, Tiche, DeAndre, and Abe. Of course, all those interviews are done on video, so you can check that out on YouTube. Uh, if you can go over to YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, uh, subscribe to the channel. That really does help me out a ton, and I would appreciate if you could do that. Of course, uh, coming up here on the midweek edition, uh, which will probably come out on Wednesday, myself and Daniel will get you ready for everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts. Of course, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about UFC 289, see kind of how the, the week unfolds with with what the what does the UFC do. Uh, we'll get you ready for this weekend's mixed martial arts action. Of course, you got uh, the Bellator card on Friday, which, by the way, did lose two fights. Uh, just a couple days ago, uh, notably the uh, matchup with Austin Vanderford um, uh, pulling out. I want to say, say I read, I think it was an illness is the reason Austin Vanderford uh, pulled out of that matchup. But still, a great fight card. And, you know, me and Daniel talked about it on Wednesday's podcast. I, I'm i kind of baffled that there literally is no, there seems to be no buzz at this point for this Bellator card. When you're talking about Patricio Pitbull is trying to win his third division title. I, and maybe by the time this week unfolds, Maybe there'll be more buzz about this Bellator card, but man, and and by the way, come on, Bellator, that should be the main event. I get that we have this stigma in mixed martial arts that the higher weights always headline when we're talking about title fights, but Sergio Pes, Patricio Pitbull, is the reason I'll be in front of my television set on Friday night. And look, I'm somebody that typically goes out on Friday nights and, and shoots darts with a buddy of mine. Not this Friday. This Friday. I'll be in front of the television set. I'll be watching Sergio Pettis and Patricio Pitbull. You know, there, there's, I always say this is give me a reason to sit at home and watch fights. Give me a reason not to go live life. Give me a reason to sit at home and watch fights. That to me is what Bellator has done here. And uh, hopefully a lot of people take this one in. Of course, also we got the uh, UFC fight night card there uh, in the apex. Of course, that's going to be headlined by uh, Cannoneer. And Vittori, of course, we'll talk about that as well, and uh, everything else going on in the world of MMA. So, uh, really do appreciate taking time out of your day. Download this, this episode podcast, man. I, I I love all the support that I get, and uh, you know, I mentioned about mental um, this month being men, men's mental health month or awareness month. I think this call is check in on your check in on your friends. We we all uh, we all got to do that. So check in on your friends, and that's going to do it for this edition of the Ameriport Podcast. 